Okay, hello and welcome to The Codec Call, episode 13. And because we're working in the Roman numerals, this is the one where I get amnesia, get washed up on a beach and involved in some presidential conspiracy run by a mongoose. Yes. No? Yes. Okay. Uh, Just me then. Lovely reference to a a fantastically self-shaded Ubisoft game. Yeah. Uh, And a cracking comic book series. Yeah. And maybe a slightly poor television adaptation. I'd go as far as terrible. Was it terrible? We did watch that, didn't we? Mm -hmm. It was so terrible, I can't remember it. I think you bought me the TV movie. I did. (laughs) I did. Oh, yes, it was the best present you've ever had. It was awesome. Thanks. Welcome to episode 13 of The Code at Call. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. Uh, That's at Clinical Andy on Twitter. And I'm at Codec Moments. Yes, you are Dr. Codec Moments. Don't put Dr. Code in at moments, you'll get somebody completely different. Right, okay. So, um, coming up on today's episode, we've got uh, a little bit of uh, some new stories that made us go, what WTF? We've got the results of our shot glass competition that we set up in the Codec Call at the beginning of August. Oh yeah, we're going to have an update on our Codec Momentum, giving you the Codec Momentum to finish games. And that seems to be working really well. Actually, it's taken uh, off quite nicely, isn't it? And um, yeah, we've got plenty of shout-outs to get on with that later on. And then the big thing, we're going to be talking about Metal Gear Solid Five because um, those of you who listened to episode 12 will know I was going to the seaside and wasn't able to play it. Um, I got home last night and I got about an hour done. I, I finished the prologue, so we're going to be talking about that. Yes, and I've been teasing you all week with everything that's been going on in it. A little bit, a little bit. Yeah, thanks for that. You're welcome. Right, let's crack on them. WTF. What's that, fellas? Okay, stories this week that have made us go, what's that, fella? I like the uh, child-friendly version of that. I'm the one who's got to edit the f*** out. (laughs) (laughs) Start that one again. (laughs) Should we start with something musical then? Yeah, let's do that. There's a, a, a guy at Cardiff University called James Willis who's been working with National Instruments. I'm not sure in what context or if it's part of a course or whatever, but um, he's created a hard, well, I say hard disk drive, it's a floppy disk drive orchestra. He's linked 16 together, put them through a MyRio control unit and has managed to get them to sequence to create music. This is nothing new. It's been been around for maybe five, six years where people have been making tunes out of um, floppy drives. But in those instances, it's been three, four, five units. He's managed to get all 16 working like an orchestra. And it's actually quite impressive. So he's made an orchestra out of floppy disk drives. Yes. You're looking looking very bewildered. I'm I'm old enough. You know, I won't lie. I'm old enough to have used a floppy disk drive. Generally, they just go... I mean, how is that orchestral? I mean, it sounded like a dolphin. Put 16 of those together, operating at the right times, and you get music. Prove it. You want, want to prove it. I want proof. I want evidence. You want to prove. Yeah, go on. 
And that is 16 old floppy drives, more than 20 years old in some instances with these, just hooked up together through one control unit that's producing the music. And that control unit is wirelessly linked to an iPad for him to control it. What I'm more impressed about is how he's actually managed to calculate exactly the movements that these drives have to make to get the sounds out in the first place. That's a bit clever, isn't it? It is. That, yeah. That's the actual clever. No, I'll give you that one. That is quite clever. Yeah. Now, um, if you check the page... Uh, that this podcast is attached to. We'll stick a link to the video so you can watch it for yourself. I have a suspicion this is a bit of a National Instruments publicity stunt. Do you think? More than anything else, but um, it, it is quite good. And um, in fairness, it does go on to my favourite one, which has been done countless times with everything. Check out the video. It is it is very clever, very interesting on how it's been done. Good work. Making an orchestra out of disk drives. I, I, I like that. I, I like the clever aspect of it. It's nice. It's hacking technology to use it in some other format, like we were talking about last, last month's podcast, The Half-Life on the Smartwatch. Being able to do that is pretty cool. So what have you got? Okay, I, I, like, I particularly like this one. So um, Windows 10 has been released. Yeah. And it's been a free upgrade to a lot of Windows users, which is a nice thing of them to do. Extremely nice. I'm still waiting for mine. But well, anyway. If and when it does, heed a word of warning. Okay. Don't put your pornography in the My Pictures folder. Oh, damn. You know, I mean, I, it might be obvious to some people that that's not really the done thing, especially those of us that are married. It's the logical place, isn't it? <laughs> you think, wouldn't you? But um, one user who went by the name of Fallout BOS on Reddit posted shortly after he'd set the update to go that he loaded up Windows 10 last night and left it on to do its thing, woke up to the wife asking why I set it to rotate through all my pornography images right on the desktop view. <laughs> <laughs> I've no idea how to shut this feature off and the computer is staying shut down until I do. <laughs> He's just, just putting his computer in a box until he can work out how to make porn go away. That is brilliant. <laughs> that is brilliant. I mean, the... the Simple solution to this is... Um, Divorce? Don't have porn on, on your computer? <laughs> <laughs> that, that might stop it. That would probably be easier than my option. Yeah, no, uh, it's just... Oh, man. Honestly, it's 2015. Who actually still saves porn pictures? <laughs> what? <laughs> that guy, obviously. Okay, good point. It's actually quite a nice feature. Right-click, save as. No, the, the, the <laughs> rotating desktops. Oh, sorry. I mean, I, I, I have rotating uh, gaming images across my desktop, but I, forever I'm having to set specific folders and target where they're meant to be. I actually quite like the idea that if it's just in your My Pictures folder, it's going to do it for you. And that, I can see that being great for families, pictures of kids, the memorable moments, your Instagram favourites. Um, it's just be very aware of what you're putting in that folder. To be fair to him, he does actually say, don't store it even there, even if it is buried in layers of subfolders. So I assume it wasn't just in the root My Pictures folder. Yeah. But that is a word of warning to all, because, you know, come on, that would be, how embarrassing would that be? <laughs> At least it wasn't a work computer. <laughs> Speaking of that, and this is a very similar story, but I've just been reminded of this. We had an agency worker who lost all of their data once working for a firm I was at because she stored it in the C temp folder thinking that was where she should put it. 
Oh no! Right, no, no. That means that means temporary files, not not where the temp should file their documents. <laughs> anyway, okay. Well, if we're staying on the, um, I was going to say palm, but I'm going to say mildly erotic theme, or maybe sickly erotic theme, with what we're about to go with next. Something called my roommate Sonic. It's on YouTube under a user named Halliborn. We will add the link into uh, into the webpage for so this, this podcast. This looks nice. It looks like the Sonic the Hedgehog background. It does. It's the, the checkerboard kind of. Yeah, this looks good. Yeah, in fairness, the the guy who has created it has been teaching himself programming, gaming mechanics, and things like that. It's just what he's chosen to do with it. So this is a game, not a not a video. It is. It is a game, but it's the video of the game. And what you would do in it, would you? and we figured whilst this is absolutely appalling radio for people to uh, listen to, we're going to play it and get Andy's reaction. <laughs> Probably a heavily edited down version of that, and um, we'll try and explain. In fact, Andy, explain what's going on. Okay, we're in what looks like a living room. There's a guy sat next to Sonic the Hedgehog on the sofa. He's got a phone in his, his hand. Phone's ringing, and it says, "Have you told your roommate about how you feel about them?" Haha, <laughs> <laughs> look out your window. That's Robotnik. Spying on him from across the street. Just follow my lead. Give him the tickles. Oh, he's got a fimbling feeling. So you, you've been instructed to tickle Sonic the Hedgehog. He's <laughs> been slapped off. And no. there's something weird's happening with the television. What are you doing? Is that hedgehog porn they're watching? I think it might be. It look like you're pulling Sonic's shoe off. Okay, so I'm tickling Sonic the Hedgehog, and every now and again he spins up into a ball. Oh no, his shoes come off. Right, it's just. He just shot rings out, and he's... Oh, my God. Now, it looks like you're going to get quite intimate with Sonic. Am I two tails? What is going on? Oh, my God. Eyes have literally become a black hole. And there's a headless boy in the fetal position. That's... Is possibly one of the strangest things I have ever seen. Am I currently on acid? I can't even explain this. And there's a Dreamcast being turned off. <laughs> and it's over. Dear. How, how strange is that dear god what was that okay so that was my roommate sonic that just hits my strangest thing i have seen all month something that starts off with an improbable love relationship with a hedgehog seriously am i on acid can we end this feature now please i'm frightened (laughs) check it out if you want to see what has disturbed him so much and we'll leave it there that's horrible
Right, so for the past month, we have had a competition to give away some Metal Gear Solid shot glasses. It's been going so long, I've forgotten about it, to be honest, and, and we, we had to draw a line under it on the 31st of August. Well, that was the closing date, so that's usually where you draw a line. Uh, so we've got some, we had some great entries. So if you, if you have missed it, the idea was you needed to tell us what you thought the Platinum Trophy for the Phantom Pain Metal Gear Solid 5 should be called. Yes, because we knew back when we originally set the competition, that it wouldn't be particularly interesting. And as it transpires, I think it was about the 31st of August that the trophy list for PlayStation actually went live and we found out what it was called. And it is? Legend. It's simply legend. We thought we could do better. We thought you could do better. And to be fair, you have. So we've got a few honourable mentions. Mostly, I'm not sure we've got enough time in the world, let alone the episode, to mention all of Nick Hulk's entries, but give us a few. He really went for it, did Nick? Um, and we appreciate everything he sent through. I think his, his highlight was the Jaeger effect. That's good. Which I like that. Yep. Uh, obviously the reference to Frank Jaeger and um, Jaegermeister. And possibly my second favourite, which is not good enough to win, was put me out of my misery already <laughs> I and I, I i really can't see konami going I, with that one i quite liked pipe and slippers time but i felt that would be more appropriate for metal gear solid 4 oh yeah that would have been perfect for that yeah. we also had dexter jekyll brilliant suggestions dexter a proper meaning behind them as well he does take metal gear very seriously yeah. and, and rightly so yeah. but uh but yeah so he, he came up with a circle of life or um a robberus or if we were in resident evil it would be Ouroboros. i thought you were about to say something else let me explain. All right, let me explain. Earlier on, in preparation for the show, we were watching IGN videos, and one of them is for the new remaster of Resident Evil Zero. It's all about Wesker, mm-hmm. and there's, there's a line, and it's a caption. It comes up on screen, and I'll be honest, I was half paying attention, half doing something else in preparation for the podcast, and I misread it. So it actually says, powered, powered, powered by... Ouroboros. Powered by Ouroboros. You, you it, cannot, you, yeah, in fact, okay. you can't say it without Wesker's no. pronunciation, which is Power, Ouroboros. Powered by Ouroboros. How's that? That's good, is that? Right. That's good. But I basically, I'm in trouble because I spat coffee about across Matt's room, his living room, because I thought it said Wesker powered by unicorns. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll be honest, that really did rekindle my interest in the series. <laughs> I'd play it if it was powered by unicorns. Because unicorns fart rainbows. Right, so, yeah, so Wesker apparently not powered by unicorns, and thus my interest in Resident Evil has dropped again yes. significantly. So, yes. um, But but anyway, thanks to Dexter for his entries, and, and thanks, Andy, for yeah, that little back, aside. Back on topic, right. Um, we had from Game Wrexham, we love you guys over there, um, Platinum Dogs, which was very close to what I thought we should have had. I thought the trophy should have been called Diamond Dog, but... Not good enough for the competition winner, I'm afraid. No, no, no. Um, what are we doing now? Well, where are we? Sorry, I'm still thinking about unicorns. We were doing the honourable mentions, and okay. I think I think we've just got one left. Charlie Large, who came up with um, Platinum Pain, but um, the one I really liked was um, PT because it was uh, not only is it an abbreviation of Platinum Trophy, which is I'll be honest, what I thought for ages. But then afterwards, <laughs> I realised it was actually a, a call back to um, the Silent Hills, the Silent Hills interactive demo, demo thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Third place, genuine third place here. Um, okay, genuine third place is VGJMB with Anti Venom. Nice. I, I like, like that. that. I like I, that. I, like. I really like that. Yeah. Not as good as the next two. No, admittedly, otherwise it would have won. Yeah. Hmm. Um, in second place, I see. Now this is a very good word. So uh, shut up, Pabs. On Twitter, yeah, 
uh, which is probably one of my favourite Twitter names ever, uh, came up with an itch I still can't scratch. And I, I always, really like, really plays on the Phantom Pain thing. I like that. Yeah, that is, that is that is cracking. And I think we have to say between that one and the actual winner, it was a close call. It was. I'll be honest, it was a toss of the coin. Yeah. Yeah. We had to. The winner is that tricky customer on Twitter uh, with Matthew. The Phantom Pain in the ass. Like that. Yeah. 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 Because it could also be abbreviated to the Phantom Pitta, which makes it sound like a <laughs> some kind of Greek dish. <laughs> for, for the benefit of the tape, Matt's just looked at me, thrown his hands up in the air as if to say, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah. So congratulations, tricky customer. We will DM you on Twitter um, to get your address to get these sent over to you. Um, and let's hope you get lots of use out of them. So last month, we launched Code at Momentum. Powered by unicorns. <laughs> not, not powered by unicorns. And that wasn't a double negative, that's emphasising the not. The whole idea behind Code at Momentum is to encourage you to finish those games that are sat on your shelf, that have been there for a long time, that you wish you'd finished. Forever. And that you actually haven't done yet. We weren't sure how it was going to launch. We weren't sure if people were going to be interested in it. And we were very relieved to find out that a lot of you were. Yeah, lots and of tweets about it, so that's it's good. It's been great, um, the response that we've had. And we have some shout-outs to people who have completed their code at Momentum, or even gone above and beyond that. No, that's definitely true. Matt, who's the first person we're shouting out to? The first person we're shouting out to is Brandon Kazida. I apologise for laughing, because I've been practising saying his, saying his surname all afternoon, and you've just dropped that on me, you <laughs> <laughs> And I was Matt. halfway through a sentence before I realised I could stop. <laughs> Matt said in rehearsal he was going to make me say your name, Brandon. So Brandon Kazida. Um, and Brandon finished the order, 1886. He didn't just finish it. No, he platinumed it. Yeah. So Brandon, not only did his code at Momentum, but he hit a platinum pledge as well. And at this very moment in time, there are those badges heading across the Atlantic. Over to you, Brandon. Um, and hopefully they'll be received just fine. Who we got next? Well, our very own Year of Shamer, Connor, who uh, was on the, the show a couple of episodes ago, managed to complete Metal Gear Rising, Revengerance, and Peace Walker. I'll get you to say that one. So two Metal Gear games, that's quite impressive. That's Connor getting set for his um, MGS5 Collector's Edition that was turning up. Just to give it a bit of a plug, the new Year of Shame podcast was recorded recently and will be going up soon. And that was marking the end of Connor's Year of Shame, wasn't it? Was marking the end of Connor's Year of Shame, yep. So he's got something definitely to get his teeth stuck into. He's also got a lot of clothes. I saw Connor last weekend as he was about to go to his photo shoot and went through the clothing. And there's some nice pieces there. Um, and actually, if you check out the Joypad and Me page, there will be a review of all the Mustard Brand clothing and some photos taken by a very talented photographer. Plugging his sister there. The next one on the list, I think for me, I, I appreciate what everybody has done this month. But this one is impressive. This is trial by fire, isn't it? Oh, it is. Yeah. Flame by 84, you did The Witcher 3. And what did you tell us? Like 112 hours or 112 something? hours yeah. to get to the end. Fair Absolutely play. phenomenal. Well done with that one. And then we did 
We did ours, didn't we? We did. So you did... Borderlands, the pre-sequel. And I did Wolfenstein, the Old Blood. And it was just a miracle I even got to the end of mine, given the crashes and bad patches and how shockingly that game worked at the end. I will be honest, I picked Wolfenstein, the Old Blood, because I thought, I'll pick a game I'm quite near the end of, and I'll I'll knock it out in an afternoon and nobody will know. <laughs> oh, brilliant, right? And I escaped from Castle Wolfenstein. Oh. And then realised I was probably a third of the way into the game. Yep. Yeah, that that really didn't work. But you feel better for doing it. Yeah, I do. And then we've got Roger, who isn't with us today, but he did Metal Gear Solid. And he's actually aiming to get through all the Metal Gear Solid games before he gets to the Phantom Pain. I mean, that is some self-control. I think I'd want to get straight into the Phantom Pain. But we'll talk about that in a bit. So that, of course, leaves one member of the Cutting Moments team who hasn't completed Metal Gear Solid now. <coughs> Graham. <coughs> Graham, yeah. Graham, who hates stealth games and has just bought The Phantom Pain because and I think it was sold basically on the fact you can call an airstrike and possibly because you've got a horse. I don't know. He's from the countryside like I am. So, And then last, but by no means least. The thing I'm getting right, it's Nick Hulk again, isn't it? It is. Quantity over quality with Nick. This is the theme I seem to be picking up on. Can I give him his credit? He committed to five games... In August, he got four of them done. And in fairness, the one he didn't do was his Platinum Pledge. I'm not going to hold that against him, though, because he got through Dream Sea Club, which none of us have ever heard of, Mousecraft, Peacefall, and Contrast. That's pretty good going. Well that done, is, Nick. no, really good going. Well done, Nick. You are our champion codec momentum momentum It's like Revengeance all Momenti. over again, isn't it? Momenti. Codec Memento. Our champion game finisher for August. Well done. And so it's September now. We're looking to people to come up with their own new hashtag codec momentum choices for this month. Matthew, what are you doing? It was a, a tough one because I know what I've got sat on my shelf that I need to play this month. Metal Gear Solid, which is not coming out of my disk drive. And I've got Mad Max. So that's two open world games to get through. So it's going to be a bit challenging. But I was really thinking about this. I've still got the Lord of the Hunt DLC from Shadow of Mordor, which I loved that game, but I never got around to the DLC. So I commit my Code of Momentum this month is to finish the DLC off. Okay, well, my Code of Momentum pledge for this month is everybody's gone to the Rapture. Oh, good one. Absolutely love that game, and I was playing it just before I went on holiday, and I've not got around to finishing it, so I really need to do that. And I'll be honest, because I have now booted up Metal Gear Solid Five, there's a serious chance that I would never go back to Rapture if I don't make a conscious effort to do it this month yeah so that's what i've got to do excellent and again i think i'm near the end which means i've probably just started yes you'll have half of it left to yeah. go. <laughs> i'm not okay. a good judge of these things any others have we got any others in we have we have got another two already two that actually came to us before we announced the september ones which is cracking so there's solm 67 on twitter he's going for resident evil 4 which is a fantastic game and I'd already said to him, I'm quite envious that he's playing that for the first time. And we've got the ever-present Nick Hulk. You're back again, fella. And this time, it's Peggle 2. Oh, one of the big ones. One of the greats. <laughs> and he's already done it. Now, that is actually powered by unicorns. That has actually got a unicorn in it, hasn't it? Peggle. I don't know. I've I never swear. played Peggle. <laughs> I'm sure it has. If you know about Peggle and whether it features unicorns or not, then get in touch with us at Codec Moments on Twitter. Or don't. We had a tentative during the interview I did with Stuart Cullen the other week, who got his 200,000 gamer score live on the podcast. Stuart happened to mention that he might do Alien Isolation as his Codec Momentum for September. 
And I think we're going to need to try and hold him to that. That is a great game to need momentum to finish because I will never play that again. I was so uncomfortable through all of it and on edge. It got traded as soon as I got through the end (laughs) credits. It's brilliant. Absolutely brilliant, but terrible at the same time. And I needed a a push to get that done. So we'll push Stuart to do that this month. If you want to join in and be part of Codec Momentum, just send us a message on Twitter or via Facebook. Use the hashtag Codec Momentum and we'll add you to our wall of fame, which is at codecmoments.com forward slash Codec Momentum. Cool. Right. Let's move on. Last time Matt and I were together a month ago, uh, I put together a little quiz, and I thought I'd do the same this time. Last mm-hmm. month was the uh, the Metal Gear Solid Trophy Challenge. Yes. This month, we have Andy's Quartermaster's Challenge. What is Andy's Quartermaster's Challenge? I'm going to name some weapons, and I want you to tell me what game they're from. Now, either they will be special weapons with a particular name, right, or... There will be a weapon that is so strongly associated with a particular game that if you were to name anything else, you would just inherently be wrong. Okay, this is even harder than the Metal Gear Solid trophy names. Arguably, yes. Shall we begin? Yes. Let's okay. go for it. Right, uh, let's start with a nice easy one. The crowbar. Half-Life. Yeah, yeah there we go. Yeah, see? See, that was a nice easy one to start <laughs> with. Thank you. Uh, how about the Blades of Chaos? Oh, Kratos. God of War. Very good. Yeah, well done. Yeah. Okay, the Railgun. This is an interesting one because my my gut answer is probably not going to be the right one. Um, <laughs> but I actually would have gone with Red Faction 2. Oh, Quake 2 was what I. Oh, yes. The Bushman. The Bushman? Hmm. I don't know. I'd, I'd, I could hazard a guess. Go on, hazard. I'd, I'd have gone for maybe Far Cry 2. Oh, Far Cry 3 and 4. Oh. It's a customized P416. Uh, which you got for liberating the radio towers in um, Far Cry 3. Oh. Or I think you got it in the arena in Far Cry 4. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah, well, how about this one? The Nikita. Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> the missile launcher that you yes. use. To... Remote controlled missile launcher. Yes. yes. What do you use it for? Bonus points? I use it for, I use it for uh, steering, to, initially, steering through the vents to get to the control, um, sorry, the electricity panel to blow that up and shut off the electric floor so you can proceed through basement two. I'll take your word for it, right. Um, the BFG. That is doom. Okay, proximity mines. Oh, any number of games. Goldeneye? Yes. Nice. I nearly went time splitters. But I'm glad I went golden eye. <laughs> okay. And last, but by no means least, the flail gun. Oh, I can't remember. Bullet storm. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, is, was it fired fired a bolus with two chain with a chain? Yeah. Yeah. It yeah. Was right, a cracking. That was a great, great messy weapon. Awesome was that? gun. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I should. I should have known that one. Oh, you did quite well there. Uh, better than I thought. Probably better than the Metal Gear Solid trophies. You did. In fact, you scored. Uh, I didn't really keep score, actually. But you got more right than you got wrong. So give yourself a pat on the back. Excellent. If you got more right than Matt got wrong at home, why don't you get in touch with us at Codec Moments? Or if you've perhaps got any better ideas for quizzes, you could you could give us a shout as well. That might be good. That wasn't bad. That was a, that was quite a nice idea for a quiz. Excellent. Well, next time. Right, what's next? 
So if you listened to the last episode of the Codec Call, I said I was going on holiday and I wasn't going to have a chance to play The Phantom Pain, and that upset me greatly. I'm back now, which is good, so I've actually had about an hour and a half of playing the game, in which I've managed to get through the prologue and a little, just had a little wander around Afghanistan afterwards. Um, but really I've not played very much, not unlocked very much, but um, we were going to have a little chat about the game. And so I think really the first question is, what the f*** is going on in the prologue? That's about the only way to put it, yeah. isn't it? It is absolutely insane. I've played all the Metal Gear games, even Portable Ops, and I have not got a clue what's going on. Because I'm, I'm like, okay, there was a there was a, an invasion on Mother Base and a, there was a helicopter crashing at the end of Ground Zeroes and yep. there's a bomb and various other things and it was... But this doesn't really bear any resemblance to anything I've seen or done. And we're used to paranormal, supernatural, enhanced abilities in Metal Gear games, but giant flaming whales swallowing helicopters in the sky? That's uh, lost on me. Uh, uh, well, I say it's lost on me. I know the whole Moby Dick reference, but the actual why and how, gone. I'm in the, I'm in the same boat. The way it starts off, the reason... You're in a hospital after Ground Zeroes. That all makes sense. It's a great way to start the game. I like the um, use of David Bowie and the, mm. the music and the way it draws you in. It's fantastic. It does get a bit strange with the... And sorry for minor spoilers here. Um, it get a bit strange with making your own nude face that you then don't use. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah, um, Which that's probably for Metal Gear Online, but... Uh, it was a bit odd. Let's be honest, there are traces of spoil here, so if you're not if you're not up for it, then skip to the end. Is it quiet trying to kill him? I thought so. I thought it looked like her. And then she doesn't kill him for the reasons that become very apparent when you play. And it just all gets mental from that point. And I did wonder for oh, a good half an hour of that, is Snake still in a coma? Who's Ishmael? Uh, yes, yeah. Because I, I thought that might be answered at some point, and there's nothing yet. There's no, not even a, a hint yet. Well, I, I had it I mean, all it's clearly Kiefer. Yeah, and I had it all the way through in my head. It's his subconscious. It's, he's helping him out. Yeah. He's forcing himself helping him to out. escape. Absolutely. And then, and then he runs an ambulance into the bad guy, and you think that's pretty good subconscious, isn't it? It is. That's and th- th- yeah, that blew my theory out of the water for for that one. And <laughs> um, we got the little floating. Junior Psychomantis, maybe. Yeah. I, I don't know what's going on. And you've had the hour and a half. I'm about 32 hours in, and I can't tell you anything more about it. Oh, I, I, on, only because I've no idea. It hasn't hasn't got to any explanation yet, really. I mean, we are going to do a spoiler cast. We're not sure when yet, because we want to have played enough to really do it justice. We need to finish the story to, uh, do, yeah, that, totally. to do that. Um, and based on the amount of time I've got to play anything at the moment, I imagine it'll be around about 2017 by the time we get to do that. So that'll be good. Given the length of this game, it might be 2017 for both of us. I think Graham will finish it before I do. And as I said, he's only playing it because you can call in an airstrike and have a horse. Forgetting the prologue and yeah. how bewildered and mystified we are completely with that part. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the mechanics for the bits that you've played so far? Um, it's good. It's 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 like Grand Zeroes. Obviously, you know it's gonna it's gonna be. Um, for me, it's got a real Peace Walker vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. It has. Um, not just in okay because I've I've not got to the Fultoning and the base building yet, but in the the fact that the the weapons feel pretty underpowered at the moment. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I, I think I infiltrated one village and tranquilized uh, quite a few guards, and um, you know, I, I no longer had any suppressor. Uh, so yeah, I'm feeling a little bit underwhelmed by the equipment I've got, and I'm, I'm guessing, as in Peace Walker, that feeling will go away as I progress and as I as I build things up. Yeah, obviously I'm a little bit further along. Um, I've had the opportunity to to do the R and D side of things and start developing new things, and I can honestly say, with certain weapons, it doesn't really change right, as okay. you go along. Um, I'm very much of the stealthy approach. It's it's a stealth game, even though you don't have to play it stealthy if you don't want to. But you, you're right, the suppressors don't last long enough, but the support drops that you can get in for new suppressors counteract that fact. You just call in the supplies that you want and the changes you want to make um, on the fly, which does make it very different from any other Metal Gear game before. This might be why there's that element of things do degrade faster because you don't have to live with it for a 12-hour story you're living with it for a 15-minute mission Mm. or an hour mission um, and then you're getting a new one there's part of that that strategic bent that that the game comes with is that actually your tactics may be dictated by your access to supplies and and where you are and yes right okay oh, yeah. definitely that. definitely my tactics have, have changed dramatically as i've opened up new abilities i've I used this um as an example earlier but the snow smoke grenades have been absolute rubbish in every other metal gear game and in this they're brilliant they have a purpose they have a use and i find myself actually going for that because i'm still aiming for really a no kills approach where i can i'm not averse to it but i would rather knock them out and steal them back to mother base and start having better equipped combat teams and r&d teams and more equipment and more gadgets and better gadgets open world i got asked this this week is it a metal gear game and yes it is i i did worry going to that open world aspect would it stop it feeling like a metal gear experience and absolutely not it feels like a larger snake eater it's taken away that slightly linear feeling that you got with um with snake eater yeah. quite a lot of the time a lot of the a lot of the missions you yeah. know the really interesting parts of um snake eater where it kind of opened up and gave you multiple paths but often they were also some of the most sparsely populated areas yeah which this is, you know, isn't necessarily the case. It also feels a lot like Far Cry. The animals uh, the, piece does. I, I mean, I've not, encountered many or much of the wildlife. I've not yet, no, as I say. But the um, sneaking around and having having played Ground Zeroes, I like to use my binoculars. Sneaking about, round the back of things, trying to find a vantage point, marking things up. It's got that feel of when I played Far Cry, when you're taking an outpost, you you set your strategy out. Yeah, you look at what's happening. You look at what what's available to you. What are the advantages and disadvantages of various tactics? You know, the stealth or or full frontal assault, and that's the feeling you get from this. It does it very naturally. It doesn't feel forced because you you are given yeah, it's that it's that tactical element, that opportunity to actually really decide what your best approach is. And the game doesn't tell you what to do. It doesn't tell you which way you should approach it it does leave it completely up to you. And, and because it feels so natural, you do end up considering how you're going to do something. You might look at a compound and think, oh, there's five guards there. Two stood together near a bonfire. I'm not getting near them. 
I've brought the wrong buddy in with me, so I'm not going to be taking them out from a distance. They're the last two guys I'm picking off. These ones I can deal with. How do I do that? Is it loud? Is it quiet? Do I sneak up behind them? Do you tranquilize them from a few feet away? How do you do it? You, you've got a lot of options. Do you call in your helicopter and chuck a smoke grenade in the middle of the mall? Steal some containers? I think you need to post that video on, on the site. There's, uh, it was awesome. It, it's cheeky. It's cheeky. It's that kind of freedom and those little bits and pieces that you can do that you, you didn't expect to do. And I wasn't sure how the mother base stuff was going to play out. I wasn't sure how was that really going to impact what you're playing in the environments. So on your mission, rescuing prisoners or taking out particular targets, how how was that really going to tie back to Mother Base? It's integral. It's so closely linked. You can't do one without the other. And I find myself approaching every mission with a view of, if it's not nailed down, I'm stealing it. Yeah, it... it promotes that kind of mentality because having the personnel and having the equipment at mother base means you can develop more and use more in the field and that's exactly how i was with peace walker it was a question of there's if if i can get out of here without killing a single guard i'm having them all even if i have to sack them when i get back to the base because i've got too many i'm having them it's like adult pokemon yes now you haven't encountered any of the characters yet other than ocelot you'll have a bit of time with him so a question to you from your limited exposure so far what are you thinking of the voice acting i'm comfortable with Kiefer now if i'm honest that's interesting i i, I, I would agree i'm, I'm comfortable and with I the think, voice i think if i'm honest i think ground zero's really helped i haven't come to this all lathered up about the fact it's not david hater anymore I, I can live with that where i am at the moment is snake doesn't say enough Okay, I've probably not played enough to. to no, know that's and, true and that's, or not. that's it. I mean, initially I was, I was going from the point that Ocelot has another voice yet again. I mean, I don't think he has the same voice in any game we ever play. So he's, and, he's uh, easier to <clears throat> deal with. His dialogue and the way he presents a lot of things are very Ocelot. Mm. Snake is very quiet. Very quiet. Like I said, voice, no problem. But it's not got the same exposition. And it's something that we'll explore in the spoiler cast when you've played a bit more about how that plays off with some of the other I have people to, that are driving the story. I have to say, if they'd have introduced Kiefer for this game and left David Hayter as the voice of Snake for Ground Zeroes, I think I'd be asking the question of, is it really Big Boss? Yes. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, because of the whole thing about the weird profile setup and the, you know, the, the bits of... Um, the bits of metal and bone and fragment in your all throughout your skull and everything is it is it genuinely or is it just some messed up soldier who's inherited the title almost i don't know going back to probably what we started on a while ago it is a metal gear game it feels like a metal gear game it plays like a an open metal gear game with more options and i'm just astounded at the size of it at the moment not the map size just the sheer the scope. length. Um, oh, okay, right. Um, 50 episodes. I mean, the game's split into um, TV-style episodes, which I like. I, I had a very similar feeling about this when I first got into Afghanistan, because you had episode one, and then it brought up Snake, Ocelot, and then it said, also starring, uh, so it gives with the, the various who, enemies yeah, that you've got. Yeah. yeah. But then it turned into a sunglasses infomercial. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
Why? Why did it do that? It was an interesting choice because, it, it, to my knowledge, it's about the only time it's done that in, in what I've played so far. So it's it's a bit strange. I just keep expecting to pick up an AK-47 and for there to be an advert for that or something. I did wonder if the fact that it, it tells you who's appearing in each episode would almost give away your boss fights and how it was going to sp- if it was potentially going to spoil things before you got to them so far it doesn't and um, in fact if anything it makes you think when you see those credits pop up oh hell i've picked the wrong loadouts in it I, I like the entire presentation of the game i love the um the helicopter base it's just very very well done there are a couple of niggles and it's another game that is not exempt from day one patches absolutely atrocious servers for the first few days and the fact it doesn't even install correctly Uh, i got back from holiday and managed to sneak five minutes where my wife didn't notice i'd put the game disc in the playstation what i thought i'd installed the game got the patches downloading i've got notoriously bad broadband so i thought i'd give myself three or four hours for those to download and it did came to play the game finished the prologue and then i get an install screen I thought the whole point of the PlayStation was it could do background installing. Yeah, I had exactly the same so thing. So is this, is this a throwback to the other consoles? Is it a throwback to the, the last generation? Well, I thought initially, like Metal Gear Solid 4, and I thought, well, if you're going to do that kind of background load and install, why haven't we got a nice animated snake to watch for five minutes or however long it is? Um, but you had the same experience as me, that after a little while, you sort of thinking... Why is it not doing anything? Yeah, now this is the other thing. Yeah, it, it crashed on me during the install, so I got a perpetual 406 seconds. Oh, it's 507. <laughs> it's, so I was, after much panic and thinking I was going to have to replay the prologue again, because the prologue was good, but I'm, I've got a child. I don't have time to do it again. Well, it takes about an hour, and, doesn't it, to get through the prologue? Yeah, an, so. hour, an hour of basically falling off chairs. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there is. It was, there is it was a, great the first time, but I really don't want to go through that again because it would just be tedious. <laughs> there's a there's a line by uh, is it the doctor? Or is it one of the nurses that says it's the doctor that says, isn't it? Oh, we've been massaging your muscles whilst you've been in your coma for nine years, so that you will still have full use of your limbs, the, the ones that are still there. Uh, he's a blatant liar. <laughs> yeah, not so much. Um, oh, so yeah, so but thankfully, it did save my progress. And I, I just I rebooted and it, it installed the next time round. But it's it's a bizarre, bizarre that thing was, to be uh, doing. That was very strange. It does save your progress, but the checkpoints are at funny places. So you'll get to a mission end screen and you'll get your ranking and think, oh, that's all right. That's where it saves. No, it won't save for quite a long while after that. Cause I had the same issue with the prologue and you end up having to replay cutscenes and go through your mission ranking again. Um, and then I've had it crash a couple of times as well at the end of missions that have made me go back and replay the end of missions. So it's not exempt from bugs. So for a game that is very, very good and is going to keep us going for months, hmm. if not potentially longer, it's still got the same flaws. And I, I just hoped it would be a clean launch. And I'm a little disappointed. I'm a little disappointed in the way it looks, if I'm honest. Not from a not from a smoothness, 
clarity resolution point of view because it's very slick um 60 frames per second on ps4 xbox one more than that on a pc i believe the ps3 and 360 run at 30 barely apparently they're supposed to struggle quite badly in certain sections um, from what i've been reading this week but uh, there's a lot of texture popping there's a lot of shadow flickering and it, it just takes you out of the environment at times again i, I can't say I really noticed that too much but i've not played a huge amount yet and i'm uh, sure it'll i had it right in the opening section in afghanistan in the um in the little temple area or that, that you you start in has noticing it flickering away um and there's certain times i've looked at it it's quite pixely when you're close up to uh plants and grass when you're first person looking through binoculars and things and, and sometimes i've looked at it and thought i love the fact that they're trying to put it across the generations but is making it compatible with the PS3 and Xbox 360 hampering the experience that we could have had, which has always been a worry for me. Um, from a gameplay point of view, absolutely not. Do you think then Konami have said, no, this absolutely has to be on those consoles because of the install base? I, no, I think um, I think it's been the plan all along. I don't think it's been a forced, you must do it. I think it's always been a case of, we've got an engine that's scalable, that will work across them, so we will do it. And from what I understand, the experience is identical. There's no extra features on the newer generation, but I can't help but think, what would we have had had it not had to work on older hardware? Mm. And we'll never find that out. We'll never find that out because Konami and Kojima part ways at the end of the year. I'm not sure we can talk about much more without really getting into a proper spoiler cast. That's more first impressions. No, what we think and um the fact that we are actually very much enjoying it despite the fact we spent the last five minutes having a go <laughs> no really enjoying it actually it, and, is, and, it is amazing um, to all the people on twitter who i think i put a message out saying you know oh, i'm not i'm on holiday i'm not i'm not really missing anything am i to all the people who tweeted me to say yeah absolutely you are missing out on something thanks thanks very much if you want to share your thoughts with us, please do tweet us at Codec Moments um, because we really do want to hear, actually. And I think we'll, we'll be doing a lot more in future podcasts about this. So let us know your thoughts and um, you'll get a name check. You'll get, you'll get, you, uh, you get to join in the conversation. Right, that'll do. So that's all we've got for this month. Yes, that's it. Another episode over, which is nice. It's, we've we've covered a lot, so um, don't forget join us for hashtag Codec Momentum. Get your uh, suggestions or commitments to finishing games to us on Twitter or via Facebook. I've been Matt. I've been Andy Brown. Thank you very much. Um, yes, if you want to contact us, then it's at Codec Moments. You can tweet us. Have you just done that? No, I've no. done the Codec Momentum. Oh yeah, no, that's good. That's good. That's good. Come. On. I don't know where I am. It's tweeting us page uh, yes if you want to get in touch with us you can tweet us at codec moments or you can visit our website at www.codecmoments.com and we'll be back soon yes until then uh, bye bye, bye.